Welcome to the Product Business Podcast. This is your number one podcast for the tips, actions, and insights to make more money from your products while enjoying your life. I'm your host, Amy Wenslow. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. Today, I am feeling like we really need to have a conversation about the Nike controversy that's going on. This is Independence Day here in the United States. And before we talk about Nike and what's been happening there, I just want to say that I am so grateful that you tune in and you give me an opportunity to contribute to your independence, to your freedom. And I am blessed beyond belief and humbled that you use this podcast as a tool for your own freedom, for your own growth and your own independence. And I want you to know that I see the extraordinary effort that it's taking and the excitement that can come from you charting your own course, for you charting your own path and your own destiny by using products inside your business, by setting out and really, really going for what it is that it's in your heart to have as a business. So all honor and and kudos to you for that. And thank you for being part of this tribe. Now, the Nike controversy that's been going on about the Independence Day shoes, right? The 4th of July shoe launch. This has been a very interesting spectacle to watch from several different angles. Now, this is not a political conversation. I'm not going to weigh in about anything around the politics of it. It is a very important lesson in the idea of marketing and product planning and product launching and how all of that works. It is very similar in many ways to the Coca-Cola debacle from 1985. In early April, Coca-Cola Uh, launched a new Coke back in 85. And what ensued for 79 days was pretty spectacular. And I'll talk a little bit about that. But first, let's talk about this Nike um, situation from the perspective of the power of influencer marketing. Now, Colin Kaepernick has had endorsement deals with Nike. And he does not have one on this line. So it's very fascinating that Nike would be pulling a line that they have invested all the R&D money into, the materials money, they've shipped it to the stores, there's marketing dollars behind it. There's all of this machinery that went into doing the launch, right, that they've been using. And um, they underestimated something. They, They certainly misunderstood um, the political landscape, and they really were a little tone deaf about it. Now, the problem from Nike is that they have two distinct camps in this, right? There are people that are now really wildly opposed to Nike because Nike pulled the shoes. And then there's other people that are upset with Nike because they did the shoes, period, right? So they are in a little bit of a political landmine situation where nobody's going to be 100% happy. And they're having to manage this and think it through and be really conscious in their responses. And with the power of social media and influencer marketing, that can happen pretty easily. Um, I even thought about it in doing this show, you know, it, it's, it's become this um, energy that you need to consider. 
So when you are a smaller brand like, you know, not Coca-Cola and Nike, right? The, the missteps that you make are a little less public eye, right? They're a little more under the radar. In some respects, they're easier for you to recover from. And in other cases, they're harder because when you make a misstep and you have a very, very loyal fan base or a very core market and you upset that core market, you can really create a problem in your sales and a problem in your brand's reputation. If you are interested in hearing more about branding and how that works, I talked about that in episodes 56 and 57. You can go back and listen to those. There's some really good information about branding. And the the things that you choose to commemorate and the way that you choose to do it are reflected in your brand as well. So with all of that, the product launch problem that happened, regardless of the politics, is very similar to Coca-Cola's April uh, 1985 launch of New Coke. Now, a lot of people forget that New Coke was an effort to reinvigorate the market because Coca-Cola had been losing market share for about 15 years. They had been seen an ever decreasing margin to they were the number one but they were getting closer and closer their their number two competitor was inching up there and they really wanted to um to reinvigorate this so they did these consumer taste tests and new coca-cola's formulation the new flavor of it in blind taste tests was preferred by 200,000 consumers right? It was the clear majority winner in these blind taste tests. Well, so early April 1985, they launched this new formulation, a great fanfare, and the crowd went crazy, bonkers, horribly wrong, right? Horribly, horribly wrong. There was all of this upset and literally Coca-Cola executives were getting letters. I think the the head of Coca-Cola at the time got a letter that was addressed to the chief dodo of Coca-Cola and it got delivered to his office. They were getting insane numbers of phone calls um, and people were stockpiling it in their basements. Um, One gentleman in Texas drove to the distributor. He bought $1,000 worth of Coke, the original formula that had been around for 99 years, and he stockpiled it, right? And so people were rationing it, and they were doing all kinds of, um, there was just all this backlash, right? So Coca-Cola did not understand how much emotion people had related to the taste and the visceral experience called taste right and the the way that it felt and how comforting taking that first sip of a coca-cola classic was to their consumer base so in the fact that they underestimated the emotional ties it's very similar to the nike controversy Coca-Cola underestimated the emotional impact of the decision that they were making and the connection that people had to the existing product. They underestimated it. They were actually blind to it. So after 79 days, Coca-Cola came out with Coke Classic. Now, Coke Classic was the same formula as had they had been selling for 99 years. 
Now, what happened with all that fervor, though, is that people reconnected with why they liked Coke, right? Why they liked Coca-Cola. And ultimately, for a while, Coca-Cola sold both products. The one that was lovingly called New Coke, right? Which most people did not adopt. And Coke Classic. New Coke's official name was Coke 2. And at this point in time, it has failed in the United States. Coca-Cola withdrew it from the market and Coke Classic is the Coca-Cola that you drink now in the United States. So I bring all of this out to help you understand that large companies get the decisions wrong. So if a large company that's been doing it a long time gets a decision wrong, imagine the odds of getting it completely right on your own at the beginning of a product. It's really important to see through different eyes. And it's, uh, it's also important to notice that when Coca-Cola relaunched Coke Classic, right, 79 days after they discontinued it, they had in two days, 31,600 phone calls came in praising them for the decision. So grateful. People were like breathing sighs of relief and they're okay, now I can drink it like I normally have. So I want you to think about that as you're doing your products and as you're making decisions. Think about the emotion and the brand identity that you've gained and always be looking at the changes that you're making as how do you bring the brand consumer along with you? How do you continue the dialogue with them so that it is an expansion of your market instead of a break with your market? Um, it's much easier to do an expansion and to bring people with you in the conversation than it is to recreate an entire audience and to mend the fence like Nike is having to do right now. So with that, everyone, um, we have an upcoming episode. I'm very grateful to be saying that one of our clients just got into Home Depot. We have that happen pretty regularly. And I'm inspired and thinking that maybe you'd all like to hear about what it is to do the vendor paperwork to get set up with a large retail account like that for even a drop shipping online. So our next episode, we'll be talking about that. And please like, listen, comment. I do pay attention to all the comments and we answer them. I would love to hear what you want to know about for your product business. We'll be doing a very special webinar coming up next week. And I'd love to have you be on that as well. And I will give you links to it. So you can um, listen, like, share. And then also we have our Turn Products into Profits book. So you, you can get a free digital download for a limited time. The web address for that is turn products into profits.com. There's a link in the description of this episode. So go grab your digital copy today. You have just listened to the Product Business Podcast with me, your host, Amy Wenslow. Subscribe, review, and share our podcast on Apple iTunes, Podcasts, or Google Play. Until next time.